With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top rated brands like the Temper Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Good evening and welcome back to the Bunker of Doom. It is, of course, the day trippers of a Monday night. I was going to say Tuesday because it is the Tuesday Club. Um, and the Tuesday Club is brought to you in association with the Pitch Sport Fan App. Um, go on, the, give them the fans a voice and you can get your free download on the App Store and the Google Play Store. And they do all the things around the matches where it comes to fans' opinions and fans' views on what should be going on, be it team selections, etc., 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 so all the Liverpool fans who are so vocal out there on Twitter at the moment have an opportunity to share their voice and I do know for a fact that Jurgen Klopp may or may not have the football, the pitch um, fan app on his phone and he may pay attention to what you're saying. That's why, of course, he is signing back Dejan Lovren and then selling them off again, supposedly. That's the story from today. Uh, in tonight in the bunker, I do have the one and only. I have himself, Patrick of the Lawsons. Hello. Welcome along, Patrick. Hi, how are you? Patrick, stay away from me. Uh, you need to be at least two metres away from me um, because I do spit a lot when I talk and okay. I do shout and this is an environment to be conducive to the coronavirus but fortunately we are wearing full PPE thanks to Andy who robbed them out of the back of an ambulance and brought them all in for us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Join us of course. Barry, great to have you back in buddy. Cheers Phil. Did you get a haircut still last on you? We did yeah. That's good. Since the barber's opened up. That's excellent. excellent. You didn't do a well, DIY haircut yourself? No, well, I did that earlier on in the, the lockdown, but yeah. I went for a pro job now, like, so since the Should have stuck with the DIY one. <laughs> Andy! What's the story face like? <laughs> He's got four fingers in the briefcase. <laughs> you were just telling us the story of how you need to turn into Napoleon in the lockdown, which, which to me would have been much better yeah. than what they did by getting your finger back together. No, it's all good. It's all good. I found out what that word meant. Stan. Stan. It's a mixture between stalker and fan. Stan. So a stan. So if you're a super, as in like M and M's stan. If you're a super fan, yeah, of a player, you're a stan. Does that mean you're a Liverpool stan? Yeah. 
Get it, Headley. Well, I would never use that word. Deadly. Can we call you Stanley? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Stan. Or oh, Stan. So there you go. Uh, that's great, lads. Look, we're going to talk tonight about the um, draw win with Burnley. Um, we're going to look ahead to the Arsenal game. We're going to discuss all the outcomes and outputs of the Manchester City's thing today. Uh, we'll briefly talk about our champions, Manchester United. Um <laughs> who again are currently winning 2-1 against uh, Southampton team uh, thanks to goals from Greeny Greeny and the other fellas that play alongside him um, I don't know if he scored don't know who they are half them don't know it's like when you look at Chelsea and you go who the fuck are any of them thank god they're signing Timo Werner because I have no idea who plays for them anymore there's lads all over the shop to wreck the, nah. and to be fair I've only watched one match since the lockdown I watched the Crystal Palace game I haven't watched the board. I actually stopped watching football I just lost the interest in it. it's just pointless Great. Anyway, <laughs> onto the Burnley game. It was a great match, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, talk to me about the Burnley game. I want to say that the, the things that really stood out for me, and I'll get to it first because it is one that was while the game was going on and while Twitter was ablaze with knowledge and in, in and and um, education for yeah. the people who are out there having a real life and not paying attention to Twitter while the matches are on. Um, Nick Pope was at one stage the greatest goalkeeper the world has ever seen. I myself, when I watched them back, because um, I didn't watch live, when I watched them back, I thought he made some good saves, but did show a few aftershapes with the saves. So he was much more like a, a Mignolet type, where the, 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 the shape after the save is more important than the save itself, and the shots themselves could have been better shots. What was your take? <laughs> it was good to have Phil Tree in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, spot on. Uh, the talk for the whole game was either about how well United are doing or how great Nick Pope is. Mm-hmm. Fair play to him. He pulled out some nice saves, but they were all kind of close to his body and, like I say, threw a few shapes, made them look like world-class saves. Had it not been for our finishing, maybe, like, just a fucking couple of inches, we'd have ran it. It would have been a totally different game. They're the margins of football. We've seen it so many times this season where... We'll get an early goal, and then then we fly. Um, we did it in the previous game. It's it's not like it was a fair reflection of the chances, especially in the first half. But this in the second half, when you won the league and the motivation and the carrots kind of gone, they're not going to be able to maintain that intensity for the second half. So the mm. second half was just was just shy. But mm. who gives a fuck? Like we're champions. Mm. Patrick, hi. What was your take of it? Well, I watched it and then uh, fucking your man Pope turned into Yashin in the goal after about half an hour, I didn't know what was going on. So I just basically enjoyed the game, seeing my champions. Every, I think it's irrelevant, everyone's going on about the 100 points or whatever. It's all irrelevant, my champions after 30 years. And yeah. still people find something to moan about, still yeah. people want to have a go. Mm-hmm. Sad as too greedy, sad as too this, sad as too that. The best fucking players we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Sit back and relax and enjoy the ride because... You might win another again for another blade in 30 years the way everyone's giving out. We're at the re-sign of Lovren. I think Twitter has actually blown up. I think Twitter has just stopped. This is just another chapter in the is, game. This game is just a, this is the chapter of, De- of Dejan yeah. Lovren. Brilliant. This win is, the league, just sign him again. Why not? Klopp is literally playing a game. Yeah, and it's all brilliant. These, all the bedwetters. Yeah, it's and brilliant. It's just another chapter. And if they don't shut up, he'll just keep doing yeah. even funnier stuff. You might even bring in Garbage Can back or something like that. You yeah. never know. Like, it's just... Now, sorry, just to, to stop messing. Now, it was a. I thought Burnley came with a game plan for that goalkeeper to be turned into a worldly and then just try and hit us on the break. Mm-hmm. But I think we kind of played into our hands a little bit by playing Williams and um, Curtis Jones. Mm-hmm. A little bit. 
Well, Barry, what was your take on the match? The overall take on the match um, out of <coughs> the weekend? Uh, well, I think I think we were pretty comfortable. We played well, and we were pretty comfortable up till till when they scored. But it just felt like, obviously, usually in games <coughs> at Anfield, we go on and get the second or third goal, but we just didn't get it in this game due to probably just because we're just not focused or have that intensity that we had before we won the league. And I think that's really what it comes down to that. The players weren't really pushing themselves and to get to get those goals that we needed. But they also you could criticise the strikers for missing some blatant chances on Curtis Jones in the first half. But overall, like Paddy, I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about, you know, like we're not we're not they're not players aren't there to, to be trying to win a league. We've won it already, so mm. I don't think it's too big of a deal to be dropping points there in that game. It's like pre season. It's like a glorified pre season game. But this is what I want to get to because it's like you know, everyone is getting this false atmosphere that watches it on the television because mm. the players aren't hearing any of those crowd sounds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When they're playing it, it is a glorified friendly. It's like, you know, when when before season starts or whatever, like they don't even get that fakeness before season starts because they're playing pre season friendlies with twenty five thousand, thirty thousand people in the stadium, no mm. matter where they go to. Yeah. So and this is the probably the first time in a long time they're playing without fans. And I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Everton game when we, when we were kicking back off. The impact that these matches could have on teams that suffer from Stage the impact of, of of crowds. Yeah, you look at United, and we, I'm not going to talk about United for the, for the night. But you look at them, right? They don't have a crowd on their back. One of the biggest things that they've had all seasons when things have been going shit, the fans have torn against them. Yeah, the Glazers, everyone that's been going on, just been drowning and moaning. And we've been we've been like that year for years, where things would go against us, and you hear the moans and all that goes around Anfield. You look at. Brighton have seemed to play with a carefree abandon since they came back because there's no fans there. There's nothing to put that pressure on. Traditionally, we would have talked about Crystal Palace and the fans the Palace have and the noise that Sellhorse Park generates. And like, I think Crystal Palace have won, have lost as, nearly as many games as Leicester since they, since they come back. Leicester, they're clearly driven off their fans because they're mm. utter shite since they've, they, yeah, they've come back terrible. from the break. And all these things do seem to impact. And it, it, it is a good point, Barry. Like The, the intensity... Was something I was actually talking to an Arsenal fan about today. He said, "Oh, you know what I think." And I said, "Saying the Burnley game, I said when I looked at the cold, I was annoyed. I was annoyed mm. that we didn't beat them because I really want to break the hundred points barrier. I want to, I want to make sure that this team, when they look back, it's not going to be a case of oh, that was the season where the the, the, the pandemic had the, the asterisk that's beside it is going to be that that's the team that got a hundred and two points and got, put up the most amount of points ever in a season. Had the league won in essentially in February, mm. but the only point I want to make is that." The one thing that I think that this team is now missing, we talked about it a couple of years back on, on our runs to the Champions League finals, our previous runs where we came close, right? At this time of the season, when you get into these last five, six matches, Anfield is fucking rocking. They're welcoming the buses coming in, there's flares going off. If that team, under normal circumstances, had won the league, Burnley would have been cowering in their boots before oh, the game yeah. even kicked off. The noise in that stadium would have mm. been... Electric, right? Everyone will be just uh, just anticipating. The party yeah, like, yeah, the trophy lift. There'll be flares everywhere. Then there'll be just songs and non-stop singing. All the mad songs, poetry, emotion, la 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 la. Everything, the lovering song. Everything will be going off, and people will be celebrating. And the noise. Like, they talk about the Anfield noise, but that's really for me. I always think about when we're involved in anything, whether it's a run in a Champions League run in. The sound and the noise of Anfield goes up about 10 levels, on, especially over the last 10 games. And that was a classic example on Saturday where the players needed that lift. They yeah. needed that extra thing to keep them going, and it's not there. But I'd be more, more concerned, if, you know, obviously these games, we don't have to win them. It'd be great to get the points record, but I'd be more concerned going into 
next season when like who knows when we're going to be have fans back in the ground again. Mm-hmm. We have to start, which we will start the season behind closed doors. If similar things happen in games, we're going to be dropping points. If yeah. We don't have the fans there, like because the fans are going to be the same at the start of next season after winning the league. Mm-hmm. So it's hopefully the players can get used to it and like start picking up points in this in, at the start of next season. Like we've seen it against Palace. They played like there was fans there, but that's when we needed to get three points. Yeah. But obviously the Burnley game wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah, but, it's very fair. You have to have a look at it as well. It's this is this is two years at this level of football for this team. This is two years of constantly performing at a high, high level that's higher than anything that as you just said, anything we've ever seen in the league. So there has to be a drop off of some relief when the league is won. There has to be that drop of ten, fifteen percent. And that's that's the level for other teams. As you seen with Burnley, they came up the air level, we dropped down to theirs. But if we had been at air top level, wouldn't have got near us. Crowd there or not crowd there. Like you see in Palace when we played them. It was a different. That was a different. That was a Liverpool team last year towards the end of the season on the run, and that's the level they played at. Yeah. So that's the that's the level of the drop off. That it's been two years at this level. There's Champions League on board, and and now a league on board. There's bound to be a few lads not down in tails, but saying looking at next year. Andy, um, yeah, I think when you look at an asterisk, if anything, that asterisk should be how well we did, considering the adversity of it all. The season's going to be starting three weeks after this one finishes. Yep. Is it? Yeah. It, yeah. Is that quick? It'd be, it, I think it is. It well, it be, hasn't been decided. The whole thing is they yeah. haven't decided what to do. The whole aim has been to play out this season and then see what happens. Right. There's but, nothing set in stone as to what it is. But I think you're right. I think it'll be the start yeah. of September is the plan for this weekend of the new season. But it'd be, it'd be, it'd be suicide to, not, to have them players running with the same intensity, having the same kind of levels of sprinting, kilometres on their legs at this stage. What's most important now is you go into next season fresh. Yeah. Uh, all those things like points, uh, total points, it, they're niceties. They're great. They're bragging rights. But at the end of the day, silverware is what counts. You are talking about you want the team to be, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's our golden era, you want to be able to say you did it all. Mm. For me, the letdown was not uh, going on in the Champions League. Mm. And it just turned out it was a goalkeeping error really cost us that. We fully deserve to go through. Um, and you're looking at Atletico's route to the final. Like, they're the disappointing parts to me. It would have been nice to add an FA Cup in or something. Look, at, we've won the league in uncharted territory. You know, it's extremely difficult for the players to raise their game, and they, and they shouldn't be made raise their game either at this stage. Yeah. What's most important now is we start next season and win the first 10 games and leave City in our, in our dust again. So... Which is not going to be easy to do. I think it progresses me on to the next area I want to get to because it's something that, that's interesting from, from that game against Burnley. And that's the, 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 the sort of integration into this team of players that we would have expected maybe to get run in normally in, in pre-season games. Them being Nico Williams, Cordis Jones, um, Minamino's played a bit in, the, in, in, in this sort of um, end of season run in. Um, and look at particularly at the weekend with, with Curtis Jones he was getting massive plaudits in terms of the performance he put in but he was probably missing those finishes does that come with experience I don't know some players just don't get the finish but it also ties in with something that we can wrap into the in, into the same sort of conversation because I think it is is these players are being put forward as their solutions to not having to go out and spend money on squad players in the transfer window, mm. right? We know that they're talking now that they aren't going to let Shakiri go because nobody's going to pay €30 million Euro for him that's out there. They're, they're, the the Lovren the thing is an option in this contract which they're going to utilise so is that if somebody comes in for him, 
they'll have to pay a fee. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not okay. Well, but if you're listening to Twitter, it's because Klopp wants to keep him on and play, play him as fourth choice centre back over to Van Dijk next year, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's the, the it, there's a business logic in what they're doing on the on the Lovren side. Um, and then you look at Nico Williams, and one of the common things we've been talking about over the last season is who if if Robertson or Trent gets injured, who steps into that position for us? And I think looking at Williams is he's definitely given him the run to be the fill-in for either full-back position. So how, what was your opinion, Barry, on, on, on the idea that Jones is Lallana's replacement and Williams is going to be our fourth choice for replacement full-back in, in the event you've got missing Trent or Robertson? Yeah, I think like both of them have come in and been solid, really, when, they, when they've played. I think Nico Williams has made some mistakes, but overall I think he's been pretty competent playing left and right back. Um, so I'd have no problems with him coming in and covering and I don't think you know who who can be signed to have cover there we don't even know if we're going to be making any transfers and if you do like to get a player so there's not a drop off on them two lads you're probably talking 40-50 million at least so you know that's definitely a better option probably if he can keep up with his performances and Jones out of the two of them or out of Elliot as well out of the three of them I think Jones is the one who's really you know, looking like he could be a player. He just looks very confident, very composed on the ball. He just looks like when he's out on the pitch, that he, you know, he deserves to be in a Liverpool shirt and being out there. And he, I think a lot of the senior players <coughs> can see that in him and think that too. And they have a lot of confidence as well. So he was unlucky not to get a, get a goal on on Saturday as well. Um, and he was unlucky, I think, to come off as well. And he, I think there'll be a show for him to play against, against Arsenal. we probably talk about that later. But um, yeah, I think there's definitely a big future for him anyway, Jones. Just uh, just on the two boys there, yes, uh, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, the problem you have now with them two boys is that they are fourth-team starters, obviously, and they're going to play every week regarding injuries. Mm. So the problem you have now with bringing somebody in is you're bringing somebody in for 30, 30-odd million and you're basically telling them you're not going to play. You're not going to start. So that's where they're diving into the likes of Williams trying to... <coughs> Trying to look for him and bet him in. He is at the club a long time and they're basically going to say to him, listen, they're going to have to wait your turn. And that's waiting the wings if someone gets injured or if someone if playing the FA Cup Champions League and league that there's, there is a, he needs to be, players need to be rested, he'll get a chance. Mm-hmm. Andy, views on Court Jones? Yeah, um, Barry was only saying it, just he's a, he's a confidence about him that you you see very rarely and youngsters coming through. He's only a kid and it's where he's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, small few mistakes, but nothing, nothing major. Like I think he'd slot, slot into that midfield, no problem. If we had an injury, a long term injury, slot into that midfield, no problem. Nico Williams is that bit more raw when he was play when he played back left back. He was showing up a little bit. I think what happened was he got forced onto his right, his left foot, and he got he-, he hesitated and he lost the ball. And then it kind of happened a couple of minutes later. And his confidence was gone then where his defending suffered a little bit. He got left in uh, the right back out there, in, left in his dirt, miles behind. And that was just because the drop out, just the confidence, the knocking his confidence. But there's been parts of William's game where it went, he's be- he's actually better than what I thought Trent was when he arrived on the scene. Mm. He looks a little bit more polished than Trent did when he arrived on the scene. And the same goes for Jones. Like, you know, it's very rare you see players come in. You look at big players that have came into the team back in the day, like Gerard and um, McManaman. Like, they were that bit more timid. Um, and then, as far as um, 
Elliot is concerned, I think Elliot's probably going to be the best of a lot of them. But Klopp is managing him at the moment. I think he's, he's protecting man- him, yeah. I think he's managing his mind. You're seeing there, last year when we won the Champions League, Brewster was wearing his medal in the Barbers. So, <laughs> Elliot, yeah, Elliot can't get a medal now. And I think that's... Can he not get the fight? Has no. He, has, it many, did he, has he made like two league appearances maybe? Is it? I really can't get it anyway now. Is he, you know, it's five, isn't it? Has he played two? I don't think he well, has. Well, already he can't get it. Um, and that to me is just clever man management. Mm. He he wants he wants to give him a message that you've you've still a long way to go. Like if you yeah, look I'm at him, if you look at him, his image, it's where he's like a professional footballer who's completely made it. Mm-hmm. You know the hairdo and all and yeah. the shapes of him. So, but I think Elliot is going to be superb. It all it all really depends. Like you know, young players' career can go either way. Mm. Um, sometimes it takes them a long time to really reach their potential and especially at a club like Liverpool it kind of has to happen straight away so um, couldn't have to hit the ground running like yeah, the likes yeah. of Owen and McManaman and stuff like that yeah. and Gerrard but not so much Gerrard I know he could yeah. to get going but and we've seen like, prospects over the last few years like p- people we really built up on our own mind and they got their chances and they kind of they kind of fluffed it you come into Liverpool you have to hit the ground running and I really feel that Williams and um, Cordes Jones have done that yeah, Jones getting the goals is massive as well. Just yeah. the confidence to come in and get yeah. those those goals, like particularly the Everton one in the FA Cup. Yeah. So he's he's just you know already he had the confidence, but then he gets those goals and he's like probably just walking into training with his chest mm. out, going, "I deserve to be here." Like, it's yeah. another thing that he sees the walk that goes on. I think Chamberlain came out and said it. Mm. He said we obviously have to look at from a going into position, play the player stats. Just sometimes all you have to come in and play Jordan Henderson's role mm. out on the right, and he's like his numbers are outrageous. He's like yeah. to get to them numbers, you have to like literally run the bollocks out of yourself. Yeah. So Jones has seen that week in, week out, and then he knows the level that's required. Um, Nico Williams knows the level that's required, and maybe a hundred percent. I think you're right that Elliot probably doesn't see that level. Does he's not at that level yet, and that's why Klopp's not playing him. But like it's it's, it's, it's a, a bit different for Elliot. You know, he's 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 Mo Salah's on the study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Mo Salah's chasing the golden boot as well, and. Again, it's good management. Like you would have seen Ferguson do this with Ronaldo. Mm. You have to give these players with the massive egos what they need. Mm. Uh, Mo Salah needs the golden boot. That's how. That's what makes him tick. I think that's just a narrative at the moment about Salah being greedy and having an ego. Well, he doesn't have an ego. No, I mean he's one of the most humble players I've seen. Yeah, and the but, way he comes across. But greed, greed. Uh, you know, and what I'm saying, it's often associated with something negative. But it, this is a hunger and an ambition, mm. which. Certain players have, and it, it's what drives certain players. Should the fullbacks had a with each other, Andy, with assists? Yeah, Trent and, and, and you Arnold have to be, you have to be competitive. Yeah. All, all like, the best strikers are greedy. Mane, Mane is is super humble. Like that is that's that's the fucking humble player right there. Salah's that Salah's that bit different. He has something about him that he, he wants to he wants personal. Uh, I think he wants to prove the right the the the, the tabloids wrong. Like yeah. the people that written off when yeah. he was at Chelsea. One season wonder, but he's conti- every year he's a one season wonder. Every he's, year yeah. he's one back to back golden boots. He scores you twenty plus goals every single sis- season, and he's a one year wonder. Like if you're talking about greedy mm. pricks, that mm. Harry Kane fucker, like that's yeah. a cunt. But that's like, honestly, but that's a, just, yeah. But that's a that's a total. You know, it's a different use of the word. But that, that but, but that, that when I when I when I hear that and say Salah is, and you can see from all the stuff that he's doing, he's. He's a brilliant role model. 
He's a brilliant scorer. And every, as Barry says, every great goal scorer has that greedy thing about yeah. him. And he's still, but you don't, you're not yeah. a greedy player if you have the top number of assists in the team and the top number of goals. Yeah. You can't. You can't have done 100 goals and 100 assists in 112 matches if you're a greedy player. Phil, you, you remember Rushi and we all remember Fowler. They were hungry. Yeah. Extremely hungry. And at times, they would have frustrated the fans. We like back then we didn't really watch every single game. Yeah. Now I don't think I've missed the Liverpool you game didn't have in to back a few in years now. So every every player is kind of under the microscope, and people like hot takes. You know they like they people don't really like to be just balanced about anything anymore. So they have to jump to big words and big meanings when it comes to players like Salah. It's fair to say. It's fair to say that he's. You know he's greedy without being offensive. But the, but the stats don't lie, Andy. You seen the stats someone put up with him compared to Ronaldo at the same amount of games, no? Yeah, he's <laughs> people are talking about Ronaldo being the best player to ever grace the pitch. Him and Messi. Well, I like. Could you argue with Sal- Salah not being one of the be- greatest players to ever grace the Premier League? Three way, yeah. seasons now. Hmm. And he'll do it again next season. Okay. Well, that's because of the way it's built around him and the difference of the team. Even like we don't win against Burnley, but look at the amount of chances we create. Look at we should have won that game. And yeah, people are moaning, I oh, didn't score, he didn't mm-hmm. score. He's still probably he's still gonna break twenty goals for this season. Mm-hmm. Unless Klopp doesn't play him, he's still gonna break twenty goals this season, right? The, the the whatever happens in the Newcastle, like Arsenal have literally nothing to play for. They can't get top no. six, they can't get they can't go down, they can't do anything. And then you've got Newcastle as well. Steve Bruce has them safe now and those lads have basically hit the beach they are putting sun cream in the bag they, they are, are on their are. way down to Brighton yeah. to spend the rest of the season <laughs> training in Brighton you, you get the same amount of chances like in in the, in the in each game for the last three games and you, you probably put them away put at least three or four mm. of them away like so he, he, he can't be frustrating and we say he's greedy but I think he's every right to be like he's chasing that golden boot he's won the league he was right to take on chances there on Saturday and would be nice if he had got them, but I'm sure he, he'll sure he get another three or four in the next the next three games. Probably won't get the golden boot, though, now. Vardy is, what, four ahead of him? Yeah, but in the blink of an eye, Salah could bag a hat-trick. Yeah, that's and he's, he's done that loads games. of times. Yeah. He just goes out one day and goes, yeah, this is handy, bump, bump, bump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he could have had, had a hat-trick um, the other day, Phil. Yeah. yeah. I, I, watched, sorry, I watched a bit of Arsenal and Spurs yesterday. Oh my god! I'll never get that ninety minutes of my life back. It was awful. Like your man, your man, uh, goal for Arsenal. Like is that is that him? That's it. Yeah, cracking goal, but mm. it was it was absolutely awful to watch. Don't Honest to god, so it was terrible. Like Arsenal, had, like don't get me wrong, sports have a little bit about about them at the back, but Arsenal, I've got for you. Are at nothing. Mm. Ah. Could come back to bite me in the bars, but at nothing. Right. David Luiz and Leonetic. But it, won't, it actually won't come back to bite you in the balance. It doesn't really matter what happens in the last no, three sorry, games. Yeah. I just want to round out the whole Bournemouth thing before we push on to looking ahead to the Arsenal game itself. right? But like, um, wasn't a penalty. Sorry, I'm just saying. No, I don't mind the penalty. But <laughs> no. like, the, there are a lot... Of, like, and it's not just that. The day before the game, you have the PGMO coming out and apologising for bad decisions on the VAR, right? Mm. Lads, this is ridiculous. It's VAR, like, you can't be apologising for VAR. VAR is a fucking, is just a machine that allows you to stop things and look and see if there's something there. It's the gobshites that are stopping things and looking to see what's there. And they're the same gobshites who are on the pitch that everyone's been giving out. Why are we not surprised that bad decisions are happening with VAR? Coming, yeah. Unless you have a pure computer. Like, the thing about this offside that we had at the start of the year, there was no issue with that. Because, again, it just comes down to 
computers. So if the computer draws a line and says, okay, your man's toe is playing him onside or mm. this fella's toe is, is offside, the computer's made the decision and it mm. doesn't get it wrong. Mm. It's the gobshites then who, when they're called in to ask about subjective and objective and trying to establish if there was contact or not contact, because you can't take away the black and white. Once you, once you remove the black and white element of, of a rule in the game, you're left to put somebody to interpret and it's these clowns that are interpreting it all the time. Is that ever going to improve until we get robots? But the o- the only major issue I have with VAR is how it's applied differently in the Champions League than it is in the in the Premier League, and the, the conjecture that goes around it. Like it's been a big improvement to football. It means that teams don't get ripped off anymore. Imagine getting relegated on a bad decision. Yeah, it's fair. Losing out in the league it's fair. on a bad decision. VAR is correcting ninety nine percent of bad decisions. Yeah. And the ones that are up in the air, you know, maybe is a 50-50 split on the other 1%. Without far, you would have never made those those correct decisions anyway. Mm. They probably do need to speed up their decision making. You know, put a limit, have one minute. You don't want to put pressure on them making the decisions either. But it is a bit silly. Like, a bit waiting three minutes for an offside decision to be made. The refs don't look at the screens too much either. But then, some, then a ref looked at the screen the other night. Yeah, that was the first time this yeah. season or something, wasn't it? That wasn't supposed to happen. So it's when you see, it's when you see kind of um, uh, one reel for one game, another reel, that, that's frustrating. But, but, it, but it's still one season into it. Sorry, Andy, I think it's actually played in the Liverpool stance, the, VAR, the way the VAR has been used. Because we just push a high line. Mm. And someone's going to break it. And if they break it and they're offside, they get caught. Yeah. It's very like how many teams have gone in behind us and someone's come from deep, blowing deep and running behind the lads and not been offside. The Borny goal was marginally onside. Yeah. The, the ball in forced. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, th- I thought, when I looked at that forced, I thought, it's, that's fucking not hell, like, you know, if you look at that now, that there's a knee there or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. But I think I think it plays. I think it's better. We basically get not be basic game around it, but we use it to better advantage. Okay, okay. It's, it's another thing that's like it's another thing that's happened since the since we've won the league as well. A bit of laziness and holding the line. Yeah, we've seen yeah. Gomez drifting, switching off. But this this the other we did mention it. We can talk about it ahead of the Arsenal game. But on the VAR thing, just to round it out, I said it way back. It's on it's on one of the podcasts way back at the start of the season. Now that we have VAR in place, lads, we should be removing grey from the rules. There's no need for grey from the rules because you can clearly say, okay, it's this or it's, it's this. this or this. And if you're not sure, you can check it on the video. And if it was that, well, then it's a, it's a, it's a penalty, it's a foul. And if it wasn't, then it's not. And like, we have all these grey areas within the rules because it was to allow referees who don't have a second look at it. So they, mm. they were able to interpret what they've seen go on there. Yeah. Right? You don't need that anymore when you can make things black and white. And people don't like it, but with the, with the offside, there is no, there is no greyness in it. Right, none of this bollocks about well if there's a, if there's clear line of sight between the player or something the offside where he's not he's on that just brings more greyness into it. It's simple. Mm. But you're you know, ahead you not. But you know what else it does, Phil? It gives the fucking mangos on Sky and BT a talking point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it actually feeds into the to the shite. I think Gav said it last night. You're paying a hundred and thirty quid a month for Sky Sports at BT to go home to sit there and listen to that shite. I personally. Don't watch before and after the game punditry because it's a lot of bollocks. Yeah, like that's well, that's my opinion. But again, it's, it feeds into the narrative of was it free, wasn't it free? Whereas you're saying you make the rules black or white, so they're free. Or it's not. Yeah, mm. it's not down to some fucking easy standing beside a, stu- a sky studio, a forty four screen, and going, 
Yeah, I would have given that. Yeah, Just exactly. Some... Now, now we have VAR and we know it works. Um, now, now it's time to make the tweaks to the reels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the the problem with tweaking the reels is there's not every game in the war, in more football that has VAR. Who cares? Well, fuck it. Like, honestly, the, the, I, I mean, the, 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 the reels of football have to be universal. Yeah. Fuck them. They don't have to be universal. Well, they, they, they invented five subs and water breaks for absolutely no reason in this thing. Like, I, the five subs has baffled me. The, like, it was like the randomest rule ever. Because we're coming back after such a long break, you can have five subs. Why? Somebody has yet to explain to me why you need five subs now and you never need, needed five subs before in a in no, a run Because in. I think it's just because there was such a long layoff and it's going to be such a quick turnaround. I, I thought it was. not down well, to the heat you, in the summer? No, or, I thought it was the Lens of Senior League so you could put five lads on so you couldn't answer <laughs> subs back. And they're using five subs next season. If you look, yeah, but that hasn't been fully decided. But they probably will. But if you look at the likes of the, the strength and conditioning guys, at every club, right? Elite level. They have they have plans. They've they've the whole year mapped out. They know what they're gonna do with the players as soon as they return in July. Yeah. They know what they're gonna do with the players in November. Three months to map it out for what they're gonna do when they come back. Right. But they but to assist those guys doing their jobs and to not fuck up the players' legs who never play football. I mean, how many people all of them. June, when, July. When do you never see we never when do when do World Cups happen and European Championships happen? Yeah, okay. But their plan too. They, Fuck they off. Well, it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, it makes sense to people who are in a professional game. You're just Water a, breaks. You're just a, a dickhead on a <laughs> <laughs> <the> podcast. <laughs> Water breaks I get. You could be thirsty, you might die. Fine, right? They did them in the World Cup in 94. That's grand, right? But five subs is, is, is absolute nonsense. The players look to the captain. The captain looks to the manager. And the manager looks to you. It's time to be heard. Pitch. It's the new app that gives football fans the voice you deserve. Get your views sent straight to media pundits, commentators on the club you love. From dodgy penalties to rating match performance, make your opinion count. The manager's looking to sub him off, and the fans agree. Download the Pitch app for free today. Be heard. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Right, lads, um, looking ahead to the next match, the Arsenal game. Um, that's away from home, I think. Yeah, um, We go to... An, uh, don't know how to describe Arsenal. It, 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 like, it's just gockley. Like, there's nothing... There's, there's really... <laughs> <laughs> like all the good things I, everything that was good about Arsenal is gone yeah there's no point in them there's no it's nothing is the key to this game if we score a goal after one minute we could put double figures up on them that's the way it is with Liverpool though isn't it like yeah. it, Arsenal are one of the rare teams that that just fall apart against Liverpool Jen <laughs> you fucking now yeah <laughs> all of them um we very rarely get to play against teams that will play a high line against us and will play attacking football against us and give us a chance to get in behind. You know, it should be Christmas Day for us against them. Would you approach the it that way? way? 
I can't, I can't see Arte, I can't see Arteta being if he wants to set a style out to be a, a decent manager with the shit that he has at his disposal he's not going to go out and stick and probably play a high line against us yeah. let me just so say I don't this know, we, we, it happened against Spurs a few times it happened against Arsenal a few times Liverpool have kind of sat back and let them come on to us and I think the same will happen now David Luiz is at the centre of Arsenal's defence alright yeah. this is how bad this is how I'm going to sum up Arsenal right here David Luiz is at the centre back for Arsenal Dejan Lovren is better than David Luiz that's the that's the enormity of their problems. So Barry, that's the level they're at. But Barry, this this thing about Louise and if you're if you're Arteta, surely and you're looking at Liverpool's front line, you're just telling them, "Fucking lads, stand in the eighteen yard box. Don't come out. Don't give them any space behind you." Last man back. <laughs> you can't cover the ground with the pace there. So let's defend incredibly deep. And if we if they push on. Given the way Gomez has played, right? Given the way that he's had those tourney off moments, and we know that if you play down the channels, maybe we yeah, can release Pepe or they can release Aubameyang down one of its flanks and play Lacazette in the centre or something like that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like something yeah. to try say. Well, if we let them come on to us, because they will. Even if we, if you, like they'll come on to us, they have no choice because they have all the ball. We just try spring it over the top because going way, 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 way back to the game that we played in Anfield against them, and we did beat them that day. They started out for the first 20 minutes very like that, where they were just letting us come on to them, come on to them, and they were trying to just hit it over, over the top and not catch us on the break. Yeah, look, well, even if they were to score against us, you'd be confident of us just coming back and beating them and hammering them because they're so spineless. They're, like, against, against Spurs yesterday, he was a perfect example of it. You know, you think they're turning a corner when they're at Teta, and then that just happened yesterday. And, like, Marino, that was just, you know, classic Mourinho sitting back, letting them have possession, and then just hit them and got the two goals. And, Spurs really going forward at the moment aren't even that great under Mourinho so I think I don't I'm pretty confident now tomorrow we'll, we'll get a good result against Arsenal mm-hmm. I not, I not, I can't see them beating us after watching them yesterday against Spurs anyway I miss what happened there Andy the, 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 the lads in bits it was a clash of heads but is it pretend you clash of heads <laughs> it's very easy to get hit with a bus <laughs> <laughs> lump out of his head now and takes his hand away I'm more worried about the Southampton fella who isn't moving on the ground at the moment you have to laugh at that pretendy aprons though don't you yeah yeah brilliant uh, to be fair the lads in the barbers have better aprons than the ones that the fellas come around the pitches which is off our show like our aprons we have on tonight are much better yeah Look, we've got arms and everything in our aprons. Yeah, exactly. It's like it took me ages to get the sound right so you couldn't yeah. hear the shuffle. You know, yeah, and the the high tech masks that we got K ninety five that are, that work. K ninety five sound outputs. Sound outputs. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for getting them as well. Not bad. Grant. That's great. It's, it's lucky that we have these supplies. Um, <laughs> what changes do you reckon we see? Do you think Adrian or even? Um, Lonergan gets a game in goal before the end of no, the season no need no need L- longer grand <laughs> can't even get a medal and Adrian's already got his uh, I see them, him going back to us near full strength we can't go full strength without Henderson but there's full strength that's available so you reckon Alisson Van Dijk Gomez Trent Robertson Genie uh, Fabinho uh, Oxley Chamberlain and then the three lads up front yeah, or not be Katie, yeah. He's not getting a game. Between There's a show for Minamino to get a game. He deserve, I think he deserves to start maybe ahead of maybe Firmino just to give him like That's what had, this is what I want to get to back one Because like he just like I think Firmino obviously they're they're the number one 
the the three lads up front are the, are the main main three three strikers. But like Minamina just hasn't got a chance since he got back. I think he played the first half of the Everton game, didn't he? And he just mm. took him off at half time. And I think he's obviously trying to you know bet him into the team, like you know other players like Robertson and Fabinho when they first came. But you would think this would be an ideal time to give him a few games before next season starts, and he just doesn't seem to be getting a getting a look in. And I think with Firmino, his confidence seems a bit shot at the moment, like for goals. Like there, the, the, the chance he had at Anfield at the weekend, he fluffed it. He just seems to be that like that weight is on his shoulders of trying to get that goal at Anfield. And I know he's away from home now tomorrow, but I think it could be a good chance to give Firmino a run out anyway. He enjoys playing against David Luiz. Firmino, remember the, the photograph mm. playing Arsenal at home last year before yeah, you on the ground. Yeah, I think I think it'll be the 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 front three be the front three we saw the last game, and I think I don't think Jones will start. I'd say it'd be Kate in because I don't think Arsenal will outwork when you them and Firmino. I don't think I, I don't see it. Mm. Chamberlain to come on and get the winner. Sorry, Firmino <laughs> for me. Uh... I'm really struggling with this narrative that you don't have to score goals to be a good centre forward. It's a bit like David Moyes, you don't need to win trophies but to be a winner. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he is the centre focus of our attack. And mm. the idea that you couldn't get any other striker in world football to do what he does in no, terms of gonna, movement. No, I'm going to stop you there. Why? Because you can't get a player to do what he does. The ball rolled across the goal against Brighton and he left it for Mo Salah. Left it for him. Is that the striker that's struggling for a goal he puts in the, he puts in the net himself? You can't find a striker to do what he does anywhere else in the world. Because if we did, if you could, you'd be at the club. We disagree, Paddy. Look, we all know how valuable, only Liverpool fans know how valuable Firmino is to our setup. It's normally opposition fans who create this narrative around Firmino not scoring enough goals. And then that idea gets caught in some fans' heads. How many other strikers will you see deeper than our deepest midfielder? Collecting the ball, winning the ball back, chasing back. You can't pick up a centre forward who does that. Because a player that plays on the defender's shoulder, like Michael Owen, Fowler, Shearer. It's a race. You can mark, you can mark them out again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they have to be of a really high quality, like those players I mentioned, to score millions of goals. But when you're looking for your player and he's not to be seen anywhere, and next thing you know, he's running at you at pace. And you're trying to backpedal. And he has pace and he can play a 1-2. There's very, very few players in the world. There's, there's no one who's playing that role, really. And there's certainly no one that can play that role at that, good at that level. Yeah. Uh, he makes it impossible for defenders, opposition defenders, to work out how we're going to organise against these. Because who do you pick up when Salah's coming inside, Trent's gone wide, or vice versa, Manny comes in and Robertson's out wide, and Firmino's running at you. It's everything about how good we are. If you can't, if you can't pick up players and you don't know where they are, you can't defend against yeah, them. The Villa, well, the, 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 the Villa bit, game was a good example of that mm, when he came on as a yeah. sub. How yeah. he changed, changed the game. It. The yeah. Villa defenders didn't know where he was coming from. Like. The, you have to find space. And Firmino always finds space between the lines, no matter how narrow they are. And a striker, centre forward, you know, we brought one in. They'd be sitting on the... On a, okay, let me, let, me, let me just rewind there because Firmino was never a centre forward. The reason yeah. why the reason why he doesn't play as a centre forward is because he's not a centre no, forward. No, no, no. Striker. No, he was never a centre forward. He was an attacking midfielder. Yeah. So we're playing an attacking midfielder as in the centre forward role. So when you say he drops off deep and he's comfortable to pick the ball up deep, because that's what he was. Yeah, he was a midfielder. So my my bit is that can you find a better attacking midfielder that scores more goals than Firmino? And you probably can. 
because he's going to do the same thing. It's the logic that they have inside them is that this is how you create space in around players. So someone like Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, could have done. I'll joke with That type of thing. Where it's, yeah. it's, it's a different mindset. What people get bogged down in is, well, if we sign a centre forward, so immediately your mind thinks to a Harry Kane or even an Origi. That's why it's so different when Origi comes in and he's very much the player that plays up front and right mm. in front of everyone. Right? Right. Where Firmino's natural thing is to drop in and let the other two just come in tighter again. And they, they essentially become a front two and he drops in and becomes a creative number 10. Yeah, and he's he gets no mark then. But what Andy yeah. what Andy is saying is that a centre half. <laughs> if you if you were playing, if you were playing, <laughs> your future. <laughs> what Andy is saying is for me, for me, if you're playing against Firmino, so you the ball goes out to Trent, and then you look and you, you see Firmino's five yards away, and you look back out to Trent. Firmino moves, and you go to you go to close him, and then he's putting, yeah, he's creating space in behind him, then for one of the other boys to run into. That's the Irish fella. Oh, me. Is it? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Sorry, folks. We're just pausing here. Uh, Phil is fixing his mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. That's lovely. That's great. Go. Well, no, I don't. As you're getting back to what you were saying, Phil, I don't think you find a player. Like, I, I do. Sorry, I do get your point. You do find a player that's better. At doing what he at he does as an attacking midfielder, but not in in the sense of the way he sacrifices himself for us. But Paddy, this is the, but this is the thing. It's when you go look when everyone goes looking for who can play that role, they straight away look at all the centre forwards that can who can play the role instead of going who's the who's the attacking midfielder you take that can score loads of goals that can that would essentially right. upgrade what he does. Okay. Right? We said Fernandez, then who else? Well, Minamino's. That's why it'd be nice to see Minamino this, because against Everton, the two of them started, and they were pretty much doing the same thing. They were both of them were dropping deep. To no get the room ball. for each other, yeah. And so I think if he could, if Firmino maybe took a game or two out just to give him a game to see what he could do with Mane and and Salah, because I don't think he's pl- he's played in that role with the two of them. So just because you know, this is the time to do it to see see what kind of effect he could have. I I I, I get I. I don't disagree with you. I suppose the problem is for me, and it comes back to what Paddy says. When you look at Firmino in this particular fixture, he always seems to have a, have a good yeah, game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He do, he's not in Anfield for whatever hex he has in himself for scoring in Anfield this year. He's not mm. in Anfield. He needs to piss on the goalpost. Or something. <laughs> 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 he get Bruce to come in and piss in his leg or something like that to get like, scoring Anfield. But then you, it, it's it's a bizarre one. Isn't it? it just it, it is that strange thing where. I hope he scores. I'd love to see him get into like 14, 15. Go on a mad run for the last three games because he's also a streaky striker. He's the type of fellow who will score three, oh, two streaks, goals yeah. in three in, across two, three Matty games. Matty Rodriguez, he's yeah, the yeah. hot streak specialist. Matty Rodriguez would do nothing for eight games and then score 12, 12 games. 12 goals in, in six he's games. Yeah. So it'd be great. It'd be great to see it. So, apart, so we reckon front three, front three, midfield. You're, you're reckoning Naby Keita comes in even though he couldn't get a game against Burnley. Maybe Keita definitely plays. Keita comes on and the game went to shite. That, that's all I'm saying. So it was like... The other thing, sorry, to just talk about is that people talk about when Yaldum not signing in other contracts and stuff like that. that. I know the boys went over during the But do you think he, he looks, he's playing like a player that wants, wants away? No, and I don't. I don't think he gets a new contract either. I think when Yaldum will, will see out his last year of his contract and a bit like Emery Chan, they'll just say, right, Grant, 
we've 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 gotten everything out of you. You've gotten everything out of us, and your reward is actually to get a free transfer where you can maximise how much money you're going to get off your next team and get your sign on fee. And it costs the club nothing because he's already been, his contract's been amortised over the length of it. And actually, they're into bonus territory now at this stage because he's a free player on the on the wages. No, nah, they can't let what happened there, Chan, happen ever again. What do you mean? What happened with Chan? They won't let that happen again. Why? Because, like, it's exactly, the, it's it's everything FSG wouldn't allow. No, it's not. Yeah, but Emery Chan is shy. Why? It's not because <laughs> they'll actually, they, they will end up being able to write a profit for him leaving on with no transfer fee involved because it's saved on the wages they would have been paying on the contract extension. Oh, we get you. Yeah, it evens, well, it evens out. Yeah. And his, his, his contract's already amortised at the end of the season. But so. they're going to, like, he, he, needs, he needs a replacement. He's so important to that midfield. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but he's torn 30 and he's going to be 31 come the end of his contract. Yeah, but 30, 30 like, you forget how <coughs> close the age of 30 is from your peak. I mean, midfielder's peak is probably 28 when, you know... They've got everything still in their legs and they've loads of experience. When all them, when all them, I'd, I'd, I'd be devastated to see him, see him go. I, I think it's, I think, he'll, I think he'll either sign, I think he either signs a contract, I think he either signs a contract or we sign Thiago. Right, a four, uh, and, we sell a him, and we sell him. We've 14 minutes. Do you want to talk about Manchester City breaking FFP and the world ending and, and many different pandemics hitting us? Yeah, uh, I mean, like, Again, Twitter as it is, you go on and like <laughs> it's it's the hottest take gets the most retweets. It's amazing. It's like if you can create the the worst case scenario possible, that's <laughs> semi realistic without a big giant spider coming along and eating everyone. Like <laughs> it's it's if you can catastrophize as po- much possible, you know, like those people saying, "Well, that's it now, that's it." FSG are going to sell up. They never bought Liverpool without a uh, uh, financial fair play in place. Yeah, they may not have because how how could you compete being where beware seventh in the league? You know, buying shit like Paulson and Konchesky to all of a sudden competing in the transfer market for for you massive. You bought Joe Andy. Yeah. <laughs> like, these were, like people people like the oh. end of their career. You know, grabbing them. Up. It's totally different now. The landscape has completely changed. Back then, United were competing fairly. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to respect them. They built... A dynasty yeah. out of nothing. And then you have Chelsea and City who are just messers. Right? And back then, if if a, if, if FAP was cancelled now, it was gone forever, we'd still be alright because we've developed mm. the competitiveness. Mm. And it's quite often damaging to their, their team when they buy so many players and you see so many players that are unsuccessful like City have spent 250 million on fullbacks or something in the last 4 or 5 years mm-hmm. like that's stupid carry on and I don't think I don't think the decision today they're still guilty they're still under the eye of UEFA UEFA will come back for them well can I, they, I, I, they, I, I, want, I want to t- take that point right so the key finding was that the, essentially this falls apart because UEFA didn't use their own rules around FFP to sanction them. So there's a, there's a statute of limitations on FFP which says that you can't be prosecuted for anything that's over five years old, right? And the main bone of contention in this is that they were being prosecuted for, for things that happened in 2013, 14, 
and 15. So it was outside the statute of limitations, right? So that's why, well, the Court of Arbitration Sports said, right, you've no, this didn't happen because it's over the statute of limitations. So you can't take in stuff to happen beyond then and bring it back in and punish them. So UEFA took this case on the back of their Spiegel, the, the, the WikiLeaks and the Spiegel, which had all these emails where they were hiding the money in equity transactions to, to hide it away as, as, as valid sponsorships. And this is where Cass said, well, you can't take the stuff from 2012 and 13 to prove that this what's happened in 15, 16 is still going on. That's, it's not admissible. So what we'll do is they, they found them guilty they said if if you had had the evidence, you had no evidence to prove that this happened. If you had had the evidence, they would have been would have been guilty, right? And what we will find them guilty of is that they were obstruction obstruction in terms of getting to the bottom of this. So they dragged it out for as long as possible, and then they gave them the biggest fine ever for the obstruction in terms of what it was, which is that ten million fine. And people go mad like, oh, ten million dropping the ocean. Should you have ten million hanging down the back now? And a purely because all all Cass is going to do is look purely at the black and white. It goes back. This is Cass essentially our VAR properly used VAR for these things, right? The black and white. This essentially what Cass is saying is that UEFA, if you're going to take a, a case against them, you needed to have the evidence that was within your own statute of limitations to find them guilty. You didn't. Therefore, you can't be punished for something that's there, right? <clears throat> How that? What all that means is what's been lost on people today, and I, I can't. I don't get this. RIP FFP. FFP is out the window now. They're going to have to change FFP. The only thing they're going to have to do is strengthen it. Now, I'd love to see a European Super League. I'm, I'm open about this. I, like, I, I think domestic football is a bag of shit, right? Like, I, I, if you have a choice between watching, if the worst game in your league is Bayern Munich against AC Milan, as opposed to Burnley against Bournemouth, who's, what's going to draw the, the bigger sports, bigger fans? That's a different question, a different thing to talk about. But you can see where it's going. Mm. This is where the, the fear is in the domestic leagues in terms of what it is. Well, when I boil it back, all this does is it will give you UEFA more, more line of sight to say, okay, FFP works, which it has done. Actually, had we just had we got the evidence we needed and we would have had this, we would have won the case. So what we need to do now is actually strengthen FFP. We need to get behind. We, they will probably outlaw um, some of the type of deals that went on in terms of equity and then converting to sponsorship. And they, they may bring in rules that says if you if if a sovereign nation owns a club, then no sponsor from that nation can sponsor the club. Like you could end up seeing a situation where you know the way Eddie had sponsor um, City. Yeah, that could be outlawed. But then they just buy a fucking other company in another country but, and but just Paddy, sponsor them anyway. But Paddy, at the end of it, there's a board of directors and everything, and it's fine to say that, but there is a board of directors and there's an onus that if you're going to do sponsorship deals, there has to be something that's behind it. So I don't think, this this doom, it's what Andy says, this idea that it's a doomsday scenario and FFP doesn't work and everything goes out the window. So I, one, of, one, of the, one of the responses on Twitter, like one of the main responses, is like, ah, you way for typical taking bum deals. You know what I mean? Like, cop on. They... They wanted City slaughtered. Yeah. They laid down a two-year ban in Europe and a, a 30 million fine. Yeah. And, it, you know, they fucked up. Yeah. They made a mistake. Yeah. But they were out to get City. And you know, I think, like, there's another option here where the UEFA bring this on to a European court. No, they bring it back to the, 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 Swi- yeah, the Swiss yeah. Supreme Court. Yeah. They can, they can go and appeal it. So, mm. so UEFA could do that, you know, but... Make no mistake about it, City are under the eye now. Yep. Since they were being investigated, they stopped spending. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're just going to go out and spend now and say, oh, well, you lost, we we, we won. You are found guilty. You just got to reduce sentence. Andy, Andy, Pep and the lads were there running around the dressing room going, RIP, FFP. 
100 yeah. million on him 100 yeah. million on him Andy Robertson 10 billion we're going to give to Liverpool 10 billion for Andy Robertson Finan- pay him out pay him out financial fair play and the the regs and everything around it is obviously going to need a revision now uh-huh. because they can't allow this to happen again they can't allow an error in how they investigate something happen again because they are the regulatory body of the f- yep. football yep. so they've made a mistake it, 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 their senior officials now are sitting around going, we're, 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 up, a, yeah. we're a bunch of fucking ages, and th- their jobs are going to be on the line. And also, if you're a City fan, best of luck getting a decision in the Champions League match over the next two years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of, like seriously, best of luck with that. Like, you'd be lucky to get with a group. Do you think go back to buy them? I think it could. I think, I think not true. Any nefarious means, but like you could see, you know, the, that they're spoken of unlike they're, they're not spoken well of in the top echelons because of what's happened and the the they're dragging UEFA's name through the mud. And yeah. there's a bigger eye on what goes on with City and the way the matches are refereed and that everything, anything that's is going to be overanalyzed in terms of what's there. They 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 may go out and spend this year because they have money to spend and um, they haven't been spent. Like they've obviously made money, they made profits and all that type of stuff. In the same way, Chelsea have sat there for two years and haven't spent a penny. Everyone's Mm. Going, oh Roman's back in yeah. now and he's dead no they haven't spent yeah. for two years and they banked all the Eden Hazard money and it's like of course they're going to spend that has nothing to, that, that, they're able they, to spend they, Chelsea don't have a ban as well though no that's what I'm saying Chelsea did have a ban for two yeah. years oh sorry yeah sorry that's what I'm saying Chelsea that's why they couldn't sign players yeah. sign yeah. players yeah they could sell players but they couldn't sign players so they yeah. sold all the players banked the money and now we're seeing what's happening they're signing Werner they're signing Zoyek and they're going on for I think um, of all them sorry I think of all them Chelsea will be, be a good sign next year Genuinely, I, I do. Unless they address the defence and the goalkeeper. No, it's like us. You can have all the flashy players. They're going to break all Black's uh, bio class. Just tell you. Right. you know. I know, but when you break the world record for a goalkeeper, like it's unlike you're going to go and do it again. Straight away. Trying to things yeah, that happen, Andy. There's a lot of ca- cash. What kind of money would they get for the lad they have at the moment? They, they wouldn't get the no, money. Back. I mean, they, they spent 80 million on him. Box of Swedes or something. Box of Milchite. You know, yeah. well, half a box anyway. <laughs> 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 but do you not think, Phil, that, that like, I didn't read, I don't read too much into the, uh, that shite with City because. Personally, for me, it's even a better it's even a better victory for us winning the league because we're not money open as such as what they say. Like it actually yeah. is the money ball fundamental that's worked for us investing in youth, bringing in players that aren't the best and building them up. But do you not think it bodes not well for the likes of that chap who's going to come in and buy Newcastle because he's a lot richer than the boys that I'm seeing. A lot, lot point. richer. That's the point. Like. We haven't seen a team emerge like our Chelsea's and Cities since FFP. It does work. Mm. And it is there to stop a team coming in and spending. Like, the Everton owner is rich. Um, the Newcastle owner, you know, is going to be... Has the ability I, to I don't think that gets over the line. Do you not think so? Yeah. No. I think there's too many issues with Saudi Arabia. And particularly our man. Especially when they, they, all those claims of cutting up the journalist and the, it's all the, the Saudi royal family and everything that's there. Aye. Plus you have then, you've got a bigger issue that supposedly all the piracy, the, all the IPTV piracy and all has been run through Saudi Arabia. So there's a huge issue with the, with the Premier League and Sky Sports. And, no, seriously, well, all the, 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 the so broadcasts. That being the sports, service, is it? That being yeah, sports. being sports said they will, they will literally, um, I think that they said they'll take the FA or something to court if they allow the Yaman in because oh, they, they've been yeah because they, because of the loss of revenue from piracy wow. so uh, uh, this deal is not a clear cut 
as what people think it is. Yeah. Like if, if it was the Dubai fella or it was like this is why the Dubai fella and the Abu Dhabi lads and all are able to come in because there's none of that going on Saudi Arabia is a lot more shady right, okay people need to relax seriously look at what Liverpool look at what Liverpool have achieved on their um, FSG like I used to take the piss on Twitter right just just to piss people off just to annoy people is that when you were funny it was it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm all professional now I never mess on Twitter anymore but <laughs> but for all the messing, look what they've proven. Yeah. Um, I couldn't have envisaged them doing so well with what they had, with how their model, with the, what they had to compete with, with the ground they had to make up. And yeah, I think that's it's, it. It's incredible what I they've achieved. It's, it's a great way to wrap the pod. When FSG came in, by 2015, it was a lot that people were openly laughing at them and their methods, right? Mm. In five years, the first five-year plan failed. Let's be honest about it, it failed, right? There, there was, we, we, we did Well, I, I disagree with you. Because okay. year on year, there was growth in revenue, there was growth in performance on the pitch, there was growth. Outside, outside of the gains 14, weren't, 15, 15, 16. The gains, weren't, the gains weren't as big as they have been the last yep. five years, I agree. But they had to stabilise the club. But can I, can they I, had to remove the debt from the club and they had to get an awful lot of the, wrong things right. What I wanted to say, and this is why I wanted to bring it and close it out here, is the five years, they learned their mistakes in the first five years. You can't expect a, a group of owners to come in and put a structure in place and a, and a methodology and all that's there. The, the five years that we've had since 2015, they've put Michael Edwards in place and let yeah. him run the football inside of the house, right? They've obviously had Jermaine Billy Hogan in. They, yeah. Tom Werner was, was, has been sharing the, the, the club itself. Yeah. And then you have the jewel in the crown, which is the appointment of Klopp, yeah. right? Up until, like, they were always on the lookout for this type of manager because there was Phyllis Bowes when he was the hottest thing. They really went after him hard before they got mm. Brendan Rodgers and we ended up with Rodgers instead. Rodgers was seen, now Rodgers was seen at the time the as, as, the, as one yeah. of these big up-and-coming managers as well in terms of what he'd done with, with um, Swansea when, when he came in and the style of football he was playing. So they're always after this type of manager who was on the cusp of being one of the great managers yeah. in the game as well. And they struck gold with Klopp. So yeah. all the methods and the structure that yeah. they put in place over the first five years that was behind the scenes, essentially. Okay. Yeah, I, I misinterpreted what you're saying. You're, you're dead right. Uh, in terms of recruitment, mm -hmm. they took a, a long time. They took a while to work it out. Look, these guys didn't know football. If you interviewed Brendan Rodgers and you didn't know football, you this, this, that fella tell you mass. He'd sit there and tell you he's the Pope. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> he wasn't long in Anfield and he was putting his hands up like Shankly and uh, uh, buzzing off all that shit like they would have lapped him up they would have lapped him up when they met Klopp he was telling the truth when he was talking about how he's going to maximise sweat their assets make make every, you know everything about the whole package that comes at Liverpool the fans the history the stadium he told them everything they needed to hear Right, so did Rogers, but Rogers was only having the crack. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, I think the, the fundamental difference, Andy, is that Klopp has, had bought into the FSG model from the take on. Yeah, and yeah. Rogers believed that he could come in and end up becoming the dominant force in that model, and everyone was to work towards him. Whereas, I truly believe the reason why Klopp is so good is that he's your modern day 
manager, and I'm even talking about senior manager, executive in a large company, right? He he approaches football in that way. Is that oh, everyone? Fan. Yeah, but it's not just a fan. Every part of the business he sees the football, his football team as the business, and every part of it, he needs to have every part of that business working towards one common goal. Oh. And all the best executive businessmen out there, the best run companies, and all that type of stuff, they see the parts of their company as being cogs in the machine mm. and you can't you can't let one part fall because if you let one part fall the machine isn't going to work properly it's mm. not about them it's about the machine they are creating the, the the means for that machine to produce what it needs to produce and in crop we have somebody who saw that what fsg had saw, saw all the parts were almost there and only needed some tweaks to get it to maximise its output. Like it mm. literally is business yeah. talk in terms of what yeah. it is and that's what he's delivered and that's why our model works and that's why our model will continue to work as long as they can continue to get a coach or a manager into that role after Klopp because he's out today himself in, in Germany saying that at the end of his contract he's taking a year off and then he'll see what comes after that. There was, there's a good, really good video on YouTube and it talks about Klopp as as a businessman mm. and they listened, there was a business podcast I listened to a couple of years ago about leadership and, and how Klopp what Klopp is doing, all recognised strategies, corporate strategies. Mm. He understand he could be a CEO in a massive yep. corporation, right? And FSG, Red Edwards, they were able to recognise that at the time. Or well, it wasn't Edwards, was it? At the time, uh, it was, was it? Yeah, um, they were able to they were able to recognise that this guy understands. This guy understands what we need to do, and he understands what he needs to do to reach the one common goal. And they, they anyway, the video it's a must see. I'll, I'll put it on our, our main feed, but it, ta- it talks about um years ago when he met the a senior executive in Nike and he was talking to your mom. Was he wanted to he wanted to kit out, yeah, himself and his cl- and, the, and the club at the time. And your mom was like, No, like, what this makes no sense, but he couldn't believe how club came across. They're best of friends now. And your man set up the coaching agency project, mm-hmm. uh, project uh, two or project X. Anyway, he's all the top up-and-coming coaches now part of his portfolio. And it's all about this new management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Klopp, Klopp invented it. And that's it. Right, lads. Paddy Lawson. Barry. Stan. <laughs> Standy Young. Standy Young. <laughs> Klopp Stan. Klopp Standy Young. Yeah. Great having you. That was the Tuesday Club in association with the Pitch App. Um, the lads will be back tomorrow night after the match it'll probably be Keith and Gav they seem to just like be on all the time anytime we look at our feed <laughs> Keith and Gav are on tonight about Keith and yeah. Gav it's like they're always on aren't the deck yeah Keith and Gav yeah. I'm Keith. blind deck <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith and, uh, and Gav in the jungle yeah. now in a couple of years alright Tim Nott oh there she's gone into the jungle to stay in my home <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Keith and Gav are on tomorrow night and then on tours tonight we've Keith and Gav they're on as well yeah. on tours tonight. I think Friday night. Yeah, Gavin Keith. Gavin Keith are on yeah. Friday night. <laughs> Saturday, I think they might be having a rest. I think Andy and Gav might be on that day. And then Sunday, Grizz and all the lads who are loved are back on the Sunday. I loved. Yeah. <laughs> and then Monday, we're back here. Uh, Monday, we're back here. We'll probably bring in people that are interested in it. I'm like me. Um, I have been your host, Phil Casey. That has been Paddy Doss. That's been Barry Hill. That, of course, has been Standy Young. <laughs> <laughs> here to stay. Good night, God bless. We'll talk to you next week. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS 
and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub. And start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.